Book One, Chapter Nineteen of the Mystical City of God, Volume Two, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One, Chapter Nineteen of Some Conversations which Most Holy Mary held with her angels in the house of Saint Elizabeth and of others which she held with her cousin. The plenitude of the wisdom and grace of Most Holy Mary being of such immense capacity, could not remain idle at any point of time, nor in any place or occasion. For it gave forth the plenitude of all perfection, active at all times and seasons, to the fullest extent of duty and possibility, without ever falling short of the holiest and the most excellent in virtue. And as in all places, she acted the part of a pilgrim on earth, and of an inhabitant of heaven, and as she herself was the intellectual and most glorious heaven, the living temple, in which God himself had made his habitation, so she also carried with her her own oratory and sanctuary, and in this respect there was for her no difference between her own house and that of her cousin Elizabeth, nor could any other place, time or occupation, be a hindrance to her in this regard. She was placed above all things, and without any outside claim, she incessantly devoted herself to the influence of the love which was continually in her sight. Yet at the same time, she conversed with the creatures at opportune times, and treated with them according as occasion required, giving as much attention to them, as the most prudent mistress could fittingly spare for each in particular. And as her most frequent conversings, during the three months, in which she remained in the house of Zacharias, were with St. Elizabeth and with the holy angels of her guard, I shall relate in this chapter something of that which formed the subject of her conferences with them, and also mention other things which happened in her intercourse with the saint. When she was left alone and free to herself, our heavenly princess passed many hours, ravished and elevated in divine contemplations and visions. Sometimes during these trances, sometimes outside of them, she was accustomed to converse with her angels about the sacraments and mysteries of her interior love. One day, soon after she had arrived at the house of Zacharias, she spoke to them in the following manner. Heavenly spirits, my guardians and companions, ambassadors of the Most High, and luminaries of his divinity, come and strengthen my heart, which is captured and wounded by his divine love, for it is afflicted with its own limitations, in that it cannot properly respond to the obligations which are known to it and which dictate its desires. Come ye supernal princes, and praise with me the admirable name of the Lord, and let us magnify his holy judgments and operations. Help this poor little worm to praise its maker, who condescends kindly to look upon its insignificance. Let us talk of the wonders of my spouse. Let us discuss the beauty of my Lord, of his beloved son, let my heart find relief in uniting its inmost aspirations to your own, my friends and companions, for you do know the secrets of my treasure, which the Lord has deposited within me in the narrowness of so fragile and constrained a vase. Great are these sacraments and admirable these mysteries, and I contemplate them with sweet affection, but their supernal greatness overwhelms me. The profundity and greatness of my love overpowers me, even while they inflame my heart." In the ardor of my soul, I cannot rest satisfied and find no repose, for my desires surpass all that I can accomplish, and my obligations are greater than my desires. I am dissatisfied with myself, because I do not exert myself as much as I desire, 
because I do not desire to accomplish as much as I should, and because I find myself continually falling short and vanquished by the greatness of the returns, which are due. Ye heavenly seraphim, listen to my loving anxieties. I am fallen sick with love. Canticles chapter 2 verse 5 Open to me your bosoms, whence the beauty of my God is flashed forth, in order that the splendors of his light and the visions of his loveliness may replenish the life which wastes away in his love. Mother of our Creator and our Mistress, answered the holy angels, thou possessest truly the Almighty and our highest good, since thou hast him so closely bound to thee and art his true spouse and mother, rejoice in him and keep him with thee for all eternity thou art the spouse and the mother of the god of love and as in thee is the only cause and fountain of life no one can live with him as thou our queen and mistress do not seek to find repose in a love so inflamed for thy state and condition of a pilgrim do not permit thy love to attain the repose of perfect consummation nor will it cease to aspire to new and greater increase of merit and triumph thy obligations surpass without comparison those of all the nations but they are to increase and grow continually never will thy so vastly inflamed love equal its object since it is eternal and infinite and without measure in its perfection thou shalt always be happily vanquished by its greatness for no one can comprehend it only he himself comprehends himself and loves himself in the measure in which he deserves to be loved eternally o lady shalt thou find in him more to desire and more to love since that is required by the essence of his greatness and of our beatitude in these colloquies and conferences the fire of divine love was more and more enkindled in the heart of most holy mary in her was exactly fulfilled the command of the lord leviticus chapter six verse twelve that in his tabernacle and on his altar should burn continually the fire of the holocaust and that the priest of the ancient law should see to its perpetual nourishment and maintenance this precept was executed to the letter in the most holy mary for in her were jointly contained the altar and the new high priest christ our lord who nourished and augmented its flame day by day by administering new material in favors blessings graces and communications of his divinity while the exalted lady on her part contributed her ceaseless exertions which were ineffably enhanced in value by the continual flow of the graces and sanctity of the lord from the moment in which this lady entered into the world this conflagration of his divine love took its rise in order never to be extinguished on this altar through all the eternities of god himself for as lasting as this eternity and as continuous was and will be the fire of this living sanctuary at other times she spoke and conversed with the holy angels when they appeared to her in human forms as i have said in several places most frequently this conversation turned about the mystery of the incarnate word and in this she manifested so profound a knowledge inciting the holy scriptures and the prophets that she caused wonder even in the angels on one occasion in speaking to them of these venerable sacraments she said my lords servants of the most high and his friends my heart is pierced and torn by arrows of grief when i meditate on what the sacred scriptures say of my most holy son or what isaiah and jeremiah wrote 
Genesis chapter 22 verse 2, Isaiah chapter 33 verse 2, Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 18. Concerning the most bitter pains and torments in store for him, Solomon says, Wisdom chapter 2 verse 20, that they shall condemn him to a most ignominious death, and the prophets always speak in weighty and superlative terms of his passion and death, which all are to be fulfilled in him. O oh, were it the will of his majesty that I live at that time in order to offer myself to die instead of the author of my life? My soul is sorely afflicted in the consideration of these infallible truths, and that my God and my Lord should come forth from my womb only in order to suffer. O oh, who will guard him and defend him against his enemies? O oh, tell me, ye heavenly princes, by what services or by what means can I induce the Eternal Father to divert the rigor of his justice upon me, in order that the innocent, who cannot have any guilt upon him, may be freed from punishment? Well do I know that in order to satisfy the infinite God for the offenses of men, the satisfaction of the incarnate God is required, but by his first act, my most holy son has merited more than all the human race can lose or demerit by its offenses. Since this is sufficient, tell me, is it not possible that I die in order to relieve him from his death and torments? My humble desires will not be annoying to my God, and my anxieties will not be displeasing to him. Yet what am I saying, and to what lengths do sorrow and love drive me, since I must be subject in all things to the divine will and its perfect fulfillment? Such and like colloquy the Most Holy Mary held with her angels, especially during the time of her pregnancy. The Holy Spirits met all her anxieties and comforted her with great reverence, consoling her by renewing the memory of the very sacraments, which she already knew, and by reminding her of the reasonableness and propriety of the death of Christ for the salvation of the human race, for the conquest of the demons and spoliation of their power, for the glory of the Eternal Father, and the exaltation of the Most Holy and Highest Lord, His Son. Letter to St. Timothy, chapter 2, verse 14. So great and exalted were the mysteries touched upon in these discourses of the Queen with the holy angels, that neither can the human tongue describe, nor our capacity comprehend them in this life. When we shall enjoy the Lord, we shall see what we cannot at present conceive, from this little which I have said, our piety can help us to draw conclusions in regard to others much greater. St. Elizabeth was likewise much versed and enlightened in the divine scriptures, and much more so since the visitation, and therefore our queen conversed with her concerning these heavenly mysteries, which were known and understood by the matron, instructing and enlightening her by heavenly teachings, for through her intercession, Elizabeth was enriched with many blessings and gifts of heaven. Many times, she wondered at the profound wisdom of the mother of God, and blessed her over and over again, saying, Blessed art thou, my mistress and mother of my Lord, among all womankind. Luke chapter 1 verse 42. And may the nations know and magnify thy dignity, most fortunate art thou on account of the rich treasure which thou bearest in thy virginal womb. I tender to thee my humble and most affectionate congratulations for the joy with which thy spirit shall be filled when thou shalt hold in thy arms the son of justice and nurse him at thy virginal breasts. 
remember me thy servant o lady in that hour and offer my heart in sacrifice to thy most holy son my true and incarnate god o who shall merit to serve thee from now on and attend upon thee but if i am unworthy of this good fortune may i enjoy that of being born in thy heart for i fear not without cause that mine will be torn asunder when i must part from thee many other sentiments of sweetest and most tender love saint elizabeth uttered in her personal intercourse with the most holy mary and the most prudent lady consoled her strengthened and enlivened her by her divinely efficacious reasonings these so exalted and heavenly dealings of mary were diversified by many other acts of humility and self-abasement in serving not only her cousin elizabeth but all the servants of her house whenever she could find an occasion she swept the house of her relative and always her oratory at regular times and with the servants she washed the dishes and performed other acts of profound humility let no one think it strange that i particularize in these small matters for the greatness of our queen has made them of importance for our instruction and in order that knowing them our pride may vanish and our vileness may come to shame when saint elizabeth learnt of the humble services performed by the mother of piety she was deeply moved and tried to prevent them and therefore the heavenly lady concealed them from her cousin whenever it was possible o queen and mistress of heaven and earth my protectress and advocate although thou art the teacher of all sanctity and perfection lost in astonishment at thy humility i dare o my mother to ask thee how was it possible that knowing of the only begotten of the father within thy virginal womb and wishing in all things to conduct thyself as his mother thy greatness should abase itself in such lowliness as sweeping the floor and similar occupations since according to our notions thou couldst on account of the reverence due to thy most holy son easily have excused thyself without failing against the duties of thy most perfect motherhood my desire is o lady to understand how thy majesty was governed in this matter answer and instruction of the queen of heaven my daughter in order to solve thy difficulty more explicitly than as already noted down in the foregoing chapter thou must remember that no occupation or exterior act pertaining to virtue no matter how lowly it may be can if it is well ordered impede the worship reverence and exaltation of the creator of all things for these acts of virtue do not exclude one another but they are all compatible with one another in the creature and much more in me who lived in the continual presence of the highest good without ever losing it out of sight by exterior activity i adored and remembered god in all my actions referring them all to his greater glory and the lord himself who orders and creates all things despises none of them nor is he offended or irritated by their smallness the soul that loves him is not disconcerted by any of these little things in his divine presence for it seeks and finds him as the beginning and the end of all creatures and because terrestrial creatures cannot exist without these humble performances and without others that are inseparable from our lowly condition and the preservation of our nature it is necessary to understand this doctrine well in order that we may be governed by it for if we engage in these thoughts and occupations without reference to their creator they will cause many and great interruptions in the practice of virtue and in our merits as well as in the right use of interior advantages 
our whole life will be blameworthy and full of reprehensible defects little removed from the earthliness of creatures according to this doctrine thou must regulate thy terrestrial occupations whatever they may be that thou do not lose thy time which can never be recovered whether thou eat labor rest sleep or watch in all times and places and in all occupations adore reverence and look upon thy great and powerful lord who fills all things and conserves all things first letter to the corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 matthew chapter 11 verse 29 i wish also that thou pay special attention to that which moved and incited me most to perform all acts of humility namely the thought that my divine son came in the guise of humility in order to teach the world this virtue in word and example to inculcate the hate of vanity and pride and rooting out its seed sown by lucifer among mortals in the first sin his majesty gave me such a deep knowledge of how much he is pleased with this virtue that in order to be allowed to perform only one of the acts mentioned by thee such as sweeping the floor or kissing the feet of the poor i would have been ready to suffer the greatest torments of the world thou wilt never find words to express the love for humility which i had nor to describe its excellence and nobility in the lord thou wilt know and understand what thou canst not describe in words but write this doctrine in thy heart and observe it as the rule of thy life continue to exercise thyself in the contempt of all things belonging to human vanity and esteem them as odious and execrable in the eyes of the most high but in connection with this humility of thy life let thy thoughts always be of the noblest and thy conversation in heaven and with the angelic spirits letter to the philippians chapter three verse twenty deal with them and converse with them in order to obtain new light concerning the divinity and the mysteries of christ my most holy son with creatures let thy intercourse be such as will continually increase thy fervor and serve thee as means of advancing and profiting by means of humility and divine love in thy own mind assume the lowest place beneath all creatures so that when the occasion and the time of exercising the acts of humility arrive thou mayest be found prompt and willing to exercise them only then wilt thou be the mistress of thy passions if first thou hast acknowledged thyself in thy heart as the least and weakest and most useless of all the creatures End of chapter nineteen